11% of workers plan to retire at age 55. Are you one of them? You get Dave's vote if you do. However, at the same time, it's important to think it through. Otherwise, you may be in for some unpleasant surprises. And financially speaking, that could ruin your dream retirement. Hear what Dave has to say on today's episode. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. Today's episode is all about retiring early, and Dave, of course, has a little bit of experience with this as he did retire at 55. So Dave, go ahead and take it away. Thanks, Nate, and thank you, uh, friends, for joining me today on our podcast. And uh, as uh, Nate mentioned, the title of this podcast is, So You Want to Retire Early, Huh? And I dare say many of you, maybe most, want to retire early if you can. And uh, I applaud you for that. I encourage you to do that. And at the same time, I tell you, you have to make a plan if you want to win with money and retire early. And so that's a little bit about what the plan is today for the podcast. And uh, I'm going to share my story a little bit and give you some tips on how you can do it. But first, let's just start with some information that you may not be aware of. Maybe you do, but uh, it's pretty important. Okay. So retiring early is a dream of many. And it really is a really it really is a cool thing, and I'll tell you from my perspective, I've been retired twelve years now. Um, it's been a real blessing. I've been very thankful that I did retire early because now I actually have some health issues, and uh, so I've had twelve years where I've really done a lot, and I'll share that in a minute. But I'm thankful to do it early. Now, not everyone does, and that's cool too. I've got some really good friends that are still working, and uh, you know, if you love your work, you don't need to retire. Um, but if you really want to do other things besides a traditional job and you want to retire early, you got to plan for it. Yeah. And you had this big itch to see the world and really get to some kind of longer term travel. I know you're going to talk a little bit about how you traveled the States and probably would have been a little bit more difficult now when maybe you had some more health issues or. Absolutely. You know, when you're younger at 55, you were working pretty good. Right. And, uh, Age 60, I didn't even plan on sharing this, but at age 60, my wife and I did a hike in Spain called the Camino de Santiago. It's a 500-mile hike, and it's called the Way of St. James. It's, it's more of a pilgrimage, but it's definitely a hike. You, you walk about 15 miles a day every day for 33 days. And uh, as a matter of fact, my son and daughter-in-law and her family are actually going to do that hike this year. And it's an awesome trip. And, you know, when you're young and healthy, you can do that kind of stuff if that's something that interests you. So just, you know, think that through. Yeah, let's hope I can make it all the way through the end or we can make it all the way through the end because it uh, wouldn't look good if my retired dad made it and I didn't. Yeah, that would not be good, Nate. <laughs> all right. Well, retirement early is cool. Well, it can be. But before you take the plunge, let's take a look at your assets. No. Take a very close look and be sure you have enough to really enjoy your newfound freedom. Remember that you will have to cover your health insurance until Medicare kicks in in most cases. 
There are some people that when they leave their work, they get a buyout, what they call a buyout, they retire early, and their company will pay their health insurance until they turn 65, until they you know, get Medicare. I have a buddy that worked for uh, Mercedes, and uh, he loved his work, and uh, he actually did work, I think, till 62. And then he had you know, four years until he started Social Security, and his company picked it up. Well, I didn't have that uh, good fortune. And so as soon as I turned 55, I had to take out you know, insurance on my own. So you have to plan for that. Health insurance comes first, and you have to have that until 65 when Medicare kicks in. But Social Security income, that is uh, available to you, but it only starts at age 62. And so, um, and that's the earliest. Everybody says you should wait at least to what they call your full retirement age. And it's changing over the years. It used to be full retirement age was 65. And for me, it was 66 and two months. And so somebody that retires a little bit later, it's going to be like 66 and four months or 66 and eight months or 67, all the way up to 70. So they are changing it because, as you know, Social Security is running low, and so they have to tweak it to make that money last. So another thing that you have to be aware of is you're going to be living off of your own money, your own investments that you've done for 35, 40 years. And if you take it out of your traditional IRA before 59 and a half, you will be taxed, of course, just like any other money you take out of your IRA, even if you are retired. But if you do it before 59 and a half, you also get taxed an extra 10% penalty. So let's just say you're in the 22% tax bracket. Um, they're going to take 22% of that $10,000 out, $2,200. But then if you do it before 59 and a half, they're going to take an extra 10%. So that's like 32%. That's like a third of your money gets sucked out and goes to the government. So if you took out $10,000, they're going to um, keep one-third, you're going to have $6,600 roughly. It's not a good deal. Don't do it if you can help it. That's why you have to plan for your retirement and have a lot of assets. You have to have your IRA, of course, but you also have to have money. At least that's what I did. Um, So I didn't get the penalty. I had money in a non-IRA. So I invested in the stock market. I have money in real estate. And that came in handy when I retired because I didn't touch my IRA. I didn't get penalized. I waited until I was old enough to take the money out and it would just be, you know, taxed as regular income and not be penalized. Yeah, definitely not worth paying that 10% penalty if you take money out of your traditional IRA before 59 and a half, because uh, as Dave's mentioning, that's just 10% of your money just going up in flames, all because you had to pull it out before you really needed to, or before you were supposed to, I should say. That's right. And that's just, you know, unfortunate and I'll be frank, though, it's poor planning. Don't retire early if you have to pay that penalty. It's not worth it. You work too hard for your money. So those are just a few things to consider. If you retire early, you have to have income from something, interest from your uh, uh, CDs or uh, dividend income, things like that. You have to have enough income to retire on and live, I would say, pretty darn close to what you're living on when you're working full time. At least it was for me. So you can't get Social Security income, as I said early. You can't get your IRA without being penalized. So you got to do it on your own. So as you may know, if you've been listening to my podcast, I did retire at 55. Nate mentioned it tonight. But today, I thought I'd share my story as a point of reference. 
My hope is that you will see that anyone, even a Mr. or Miss Average, can succeed financially, even if your income is not the greatest, just as I did. And again, if you're new to my podcast and you haven't listened to them all, uh, one of my first ones I share, I never made over $50,000. Actually, it's in our intro, every every intro in our podcast. I never made over $50,000, except for four years. I made a little bit more. I made about 60 to 65 um, my whole career. And so I didn't have this huge salary making six figures one time, but I was a good saver Then I eventually became an investor. So I'm just going to share with you a little bit of how that happened. And again, some of these are in earlier podcasts, but just to see the, the sequence. So when I was in grade school, I had an envelope system, basically. And through the local savings bank, they went to the elementary school and they set up a system where you could put a little money in that envelope every week, bring it in. The bank would take it, deposit it in my account, and uh, you'd get a statement once a month or whatever it was. And so over a period of time, middle, you know, this is, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, whatever it was, up and to and through high school, I put money faithfully into the bank. Now, it wasn't a lot. It was 25 cents at first. I remember maybe it was even 10 cents. This is back in the 60s. And then it became a dollar, then $2 and $5. And, and then I got old enough where I was mowing yards or helping my uncle with his farm, you know, selling vegetables, those kind of things. Maybe I was putting $10 or $20 a week as I got older, maybe uh, junior high or high school when I started to make a little more money. But, you know, I really didn't accumulate a lot that way. But once I get into the working world, and again, I would get my check every Friday. It, it, at that time, I get paid weekly. It, it changed. I think most companies don't have that anymore. But I'd get paid every week. And as I mentioned at another podcast, I would first thing I do, I'd get my check. Thank you very much. I would get in the car and drive over the bridge to my bank. And I would uh, write out a deposit slip. I would put in the money I needed for the week, for groceries, for miscellaneous things. And then the majority of it, I would put into the savings account. And for me, just roughly give or take, I'd make like, a let's just say $180 a week and on average at first. And $80 would go in my pocket as cash. And that would be for my day-to-day expenses. And then the $100 I put right in my savings account. And that was starting to really accumulate for me. So uh, the next thing I did when I started to save I became a reader of investment books, of real estate, anything that I could get my hands on from the library. I learned about finance, personal finance. Now, personally, I like learning about that kind of stuff. Some of you might like learning about animals or about world history, or you might really enjoy a a good uh, mystery novel. I get that. But what I'm here to tell you is, as a podcast on finance, I'm I'm sure you're somewhat interested, otherwise you wouldn't be listening. And my uh, suggestion, my strong suggestion to you is to become a voracious reader in subjects that interest you regarding finance. Now, my goal, I'll tell you this one thing. When I read my books, uh, my goal is to get one thing, just one thing out of that book that can help me move the needle and become more successful financially. And that's actually one thing I really admire about you, and that is you're not just a reader, but you actually take action with what you read. And even if it is just one thing, because I think personally for myself and for many others, 
a lot of times you can read a book about finance, you can read a book about starting a business, but actually going out and doing it is a whole nother thing. And so I think what you're about to say is you were a voracious reader and you really did like the topic, but you didn't just go there and gain a lot of head knowledge. You actually went out and applied it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, when you get reading those books, just kind of in the back of your mind, listen to what you're reading. And, you know, a typical book, you might read a hundred suggestions or more on ideas, but kind of listen carefully to what clicks for you. And so, you know, that's what I did. I read books. So once I get, you know, a few thousand dollars in the bank, um, I started by investing in the stock market. And I did dabble in the individual stocks initially, and I did really well in the first one. I did horribly well, horribly on the second one. And it scared me so much, I decided I'm not going to do that anymore. I studied more on investing, and then I invested in mutual funds. And that is about probably 90% of my assets in the stock market. They're all mutual funds. I do have some. I probably have 10% in stocks. I do have Tesla. I have Microsoft. I have Amazon. I have you know all these big names that people know about. And uh, you know they've done well, but they're more risky. And I would suggest not to do that initially. Just invest in mutual funds. So then after that, I, you know, I started to get involved in the stock market. I bought my first house, you know, my personal house. And uh, that was uh, $55,000, a great amount of money back in 1985, I think it was. Let's see. No, 84. And for me, again, I was a low salaried person. And that was a lot of money for me. But, you know, it's all relative. You know, you're going to make more money than I did when you get started or what you're making now. And so your house is going to be more expensive, of course, but it, it's all relative. You have to you know, be able to make it work for you. So I did that. And then a short time later, within a year, I bought my first rental house. And again, everything's relative. The houses were much less back then. So I had a smaller down payment, but it's all relative. And you could do the same thing. If you really wanted to change your life, that's one of the ways you could do it. And that's the way I did it. Okay. And then uh, in uh, the first 18 months, you know, I bought my house and we bought three rentals and I kept all three of those for 35 years. I paid them off and those became the key cornerstone to how we succeeded with our financial goals. Because when you have no debt, no mortgage, you just have rent coming in every month. It uh, starts to really change your trajectory because I had my my weekly income from my work, then I had the rental income, and then I bought a threeplex and, you know, started to see some real income coming in. So that's how I did it as far as the investments. And then at the same time, I did what Dave Ramsey calls is the debt snowball. So I focused like on those rentals, I focused on the one that was the smallest and just try to put all the extra money I could from my rentals on that one. And so like I'd pay down 5000 or 10000 and 5000 and 7000 a year. And all of a sudden, I get one of those bad boys paid off. And now I have that extra five or $7,000 a year. Plus, I have a rental that's completely paid off. And now it's more like ten or 15000 a year. So I paid off the second house a little quicker. And then the third house even quicker. And then, you know, obviously the, the threeplex. Now we have three rentals pay me a good amount of money. I took that money plus some extra that I was earning as my earnings grew and I paid off the threeplex. And so it didn't happen overnight. It was not a quick get rich thing, but I was faithfully saving and I made it my focus to get out of debt as soon as I could. And when I did that, 
Now I have six units giving me an income. I had the stock market giving me income from dividends and just natural growth. And it really started to make a difference. And the thing that you need to realize is for many years, those rentals, I really didn't have any, all the money I did make, I put it to pay down the debt. I didn't take that money to live high on the hog, so to speak. I didn't buy a new, newer car. I didn't take a big trip as Nate has shared before on our podcast. I plowed all that money back into getting rid of that debt. So someday in the future, I would be able to retire early. And it wasn't something I was consumed with, but I just wanted to do that. And I worked hard to get that way. Yeah, I like how you shared how you kind of stacked one thing on top of the other. And as we always try and preach, you got rich slowly. That's right. It wasn't overnight and it wasn't, you know, all of a sudden you had six houses. Now that took over, you know, six units. That took over many, many years. That's right. Many, many years. (laughs) It was 20 plus years. It was not quick. Some people do it way quicker because, you know, let's just say, you know, I was making 45000 in the kind of right towards the end there. Well, I know a friend that was, you know, making double. I know a friend that was probably making five times that. And so if you're in that situation, if you're one of those people, that's going to super accelerate your plan to get out of debt early. That's as long as you stick to a budget and work your plan if you really want to retire early. And don't get sucked into buying the fancy car or buying the bigger house just because you could. If your goal is to retire early and uh, those kind of things, you've got to live differently. (laughs) You got to do it different. I'm telling you. Exactly. So, you know, the other thing, the last thing you need to do and what I did probably about two or three years before I retired, when I knew I was getting close, I really had to be thinking about what would it look like to be retired? You know, I have to pay my own health insurance. I want to travel. Um, I need to repair my car once in a while, fix the roof, blah, blah, blah. I still need to put food on the table. So I have to figure that all out. Do I have enough income to do those things? So finally, after 30 years of faithful saving, so from roughly 25 to 55, I did start earlier, but the money wasn't that much until about 30 as far as putting money away. After 30 years of faithful saving and investing, I remember doing my annual net worth statement, which is what I did every year, of course. And honestly, that's a really good reason to do a net worth statement. You can see where you stand. And I noticed that I was making more money from my investments than what I was getting from at work. That must have been a great moment. It was. It was like, you know, like the old proverbial uh, light went off. It's like, wow. If I just live off my investments, I can retire now. And uh, that was a pretty exciting time. That was about age 54. So I worked one more year. And during that whole year, I remember thinking through, you know, can I do this? And, And I basically that, yeah, I remember that last year, I lived off my investments and I took all of my income from my work and I just put it in the bank. And what I realized was, yep, I sure can. If I don't have my income from work, I can live off my investments. And so I took a deeper dive into my finances. I learned more about Social Security that last year. I learned about health insurance, where I'm going to get that and how I'm going to do that. I looked into IRAs and I looked at the taxes. You know, I have to pay taxes, of course, on all the money that I uh, take out of my IRA uh, later when I'm 65 or 62. I had to see what my income stream was to determine if I really had enough to live on. And so I did that that last year before I retired. So when I figured out it could work, I talked to my wife and, and, you know, I was talking to her about that probably the last four or five years. And uh, we sat down many times during dinner and talked it through and we thought, you know what, we can do this. 
And so I took the plunge, my wife and I took the plunge, and we retired in May of 2010. Actually, it was, I think, May 30th. And a few days later, on the 1st of June, Sue and I, my wife and I, began our retirement with a four-month tour of 28 national parks in the United States. And in the following years, we've traveled to over 50 countries now. It's even grown since then. And we have made 15 home exchanges, and we've been on actually over 17 cruises. And all that to say, we've had an awesome retirement, and you know, hopefully we'll have many more years of retirement. But you can do it too. And that's my goal for this, these podcasts is to plant a seed, to encourage you to think differently about money. And if you really want to retire early, if you really want to have a good retirement, maybe you want to work till 65, even 70. But if you want to really have a really exciting and fulfilling retirement, you got to plan for it. You got to work hard to make a difference in the way you save your money, the way you budget, and the way you live your life in regards to your finances. Yeah. One thing I want to just reiterate is we're not doing this podcast just to say, oh, Dave, good for you. You got to travel the world and retire at 55. We're doing it for you and we're doing it because we want to impact the next generation. And Dave in particular has a heart for this and he wants you to be able to achieve your dreams. And one thing that I like about it is, you know, Dave never, he never made these big salaries or he never lived this lavish life. He didn't never live- lived in a big house, you know, big fancy place, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not that we were still middle class. There was certainly nothing wrong with that. So all that yep. to say, anybody can do it truly on almost any income. That's right. And again, the people I'm talking to today, you know, I'm there's a pretty darn good chance that I'll never meet any of you. So you can take what I have and, and learn from it and make make it a goal in life to succeed financially, or you maybe you won't. But my goal, as Nate says, there's no reward for me other than just the joy of uh, helping others uh, succeed in, in finance. I just find it interesting and I want to help others. Let's uh, end this today as we usually do with three points that I want to emphasize. The first one is, it is not rocket science. And you don't have to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or have some great business to win with money. It takes having a plan. It takes educating yourself on personal finance and then following through with that plan. The second thing I want to leave you with today is life happens. And your plan will definitely not look like ours did. I dare say it will be very different. However, my wish for you is to have your own personal plan and then focus on that plan and you will win with money. Lastly, by listening to how I did it, did I encourage you in your plan? My hope in doing these podcasts is that maybe they will be just the catalyst you needed to change your way of thinking about money and decide today to win with money. So as I always end, I want to share how you can take action. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where, unfortunately, most people fail. And I, um, I just want to encourage you guys, if you want to win with money, you've got to change your behavior to win with money. So if you want to retire early, make that a reality by taking action. Have a plan, put that into action, and follow through with those plans, and you will win with money. I want to encourage you to work toward that goal, whatever that retirement age is. 
All right, I'm going to add one more thing. I, that's usually my very last thing, but I'm going to ask you one little thing. If that stimulated you today to really get focused and buckle down in retirement, here's what I want to do. I want to ask that you do a homework assignment. And if you dare, if you are serious about winning with money, I want you to send me an email with a one-page plan on how you plan to win with money. Let me be your accountability partner to better enable you to keep on track and win. That's great. I really like that you added that in. A lot of times writing things down brings more clarity and almost helps you put things into motion, into action. So I like that. So you have a one-page plan, whether you say, you know what, I want to own two rentals in the next five years or 10 years, or I want to own five rentals and 200000 in the stock market in 20 years whatever. Have that plan, one page plan and send it to Dave and he's happy to respond and help you out the best he can in accomplishing your goal. Yeah. It is a proven fact that people that set goals are way more apt to meet their goals. If you don't write it down, (laughs) unfortunately, you know, that good idea, that great idea over time fades away. But if you have it written down and you've put on the refrigerator, your proverbial refrigerator or your desk or someplace, bathroom, mirror, you're going to be more successful. It's just, it's a proven fact. And so do that. Send me an email, one page. Don't get too elaborate. Just give me your basics, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And I will be your accountability partner to win in that area. Excellent. Well, that wraps up today's episode. On the next podcast, you're going to learn about the time value of money. Maybe you're wondering, what is the time value of money? Well, it's a very important financial concept, and it will teach you how it can be used to accelerate your savings and investing portfolio. With regards to your money, the longer you have it working for you, the happier you will be. So as a reminder, send that one-page plan to Dave, and he will be your accountability partner. Dave has a piece of scripture to end the episode. And I do want to mention, Nate, that uh, if you haven't been listening before and you just joined, the website is savelikedave.com. And that's where, and then there's be a little button where you can uh, send me an email on that site. So savelikedave.com and you can send me that one page. All right. As Nate said, I'm going to leave scripture with you today. 1 Corinthians 6.12. It's a good one. Listen carefully. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything.